You're listening to XVGM Radio.
Welcome to XVGM Radio, where the bits keep coming. I'm Mike. And I'm Justin. And this is episode 27, Water Themes. Water. It is super appropriate because the night that we are recording, it is very, very wet out. It's actually been wet for a bit this week. (laughs) Yeah, it's been, for the most part, pretty much nonstop raining in our area. Yeah. And we were trying to come up with ideas for... Oh, yes. For the live show for May. And you suggested water themes. And I was like, that's a great idea. So I start filling out tracks and I'm like going through and I'm like, there's just too many. There's too many. I got too many good picks. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Justin, we gotta make this a full episode. And you were like... Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah pretty <laughs> much. That's pretty much exactly word for word what he said. <laughs> so... That is today's theme, and there's some really good music that we are going to be showcasing. Some of, some of it is uber chill mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and relaxing. Like the track we just heard? Yes. Well, no. I wouldn't call this relaxing. Really? Really? You yeah, I mean, I would. This makes me want to, like, dance. Yeah. Maybe I mean, dance in the rain. It, it's da- it's, it's dancey, but it's also, like, it goes on for long enough that I feel like I'd start out dancing to this and mm-hmm. then sort of, like, kick back on a, on a couch <laughs> and just sort of, like chill for for a while it's 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 upbeat but it's not so upbeat that uh that, that like i can't sit still it doesn't make me antsy like uh like some of the, the 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 techno that i like we are clearly very different when it comes to edm and yes. techno <laughs> because this is totally a dance track and i would be on the dance floor for all what five minutes and 39 <laughs> seconds or whatever it was yeah i actually composed a track similar to this oh yeah uh, when I was in college, it was for a project. I, I had to make a commercial, and hmm. I I made a techno track. I mean, it, obviously, I'm not saying that I composed this track. But yeah, I composed something that, that was that was very similar thematically, <laughs> uh, and it, it was something that after the project was done, I would occasionally throw that that song on and just sort of like listen to it and vibe out. Yeah, get the glow sticks out. No, just no. like. Taking a whole bunch of drugs. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But yeah, no. He's talking about Flintstones vitamins, kids. Yes. Flintstones vitamins and Robitussin. Wait, no. No, Wait, no. (laughs) Justin, you're screwing this up. Sorry. So the game that we're talking about is Wetrix. That's what we came in on. And that was the N64 version. And that came out in 1998. There was also a Windows version that came out in 1999. And a Dreamcast version that came out in 2000. The track that we heard was Pro Mode Challenge Mode. And it's by Sudi Ravel. Totally techno jam. Oh, yeah. I assume most of the, the soundtrack is like this? Based uh, on what I'm seeing the game is? If I recall, it's kind of a mixed bag. Really? It's mostly techno. Hmm. So, Sudi Ravel, just to kind of touch on this real quick, has been in the game since 94, uh, where he did uh, work on Tinstar. And also worked with Software Creations on Venom, Spider-Man, Separation, Anxiety in 95. He was one of the musicians. Also worked on sound effects for Foreman for Real in 95. Basically, he was working with Software Creations for a couple years. He ended up doing a bunch of Lego games later on in his career. Basically, either doing audio managing or the audio lead on games like Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, Lego Harry Potter Years 5 through 7, he did Lego City Undercover, uh, the Lego movie game, the Lego Ninjago movie video game. Every time I see that Ninjago, every time I see that title, I can't stop but think of Jago from Killer Instinct. Oh, okay. You know the the ninja 
Yeah, yeah. He also did Diary Girl, Organize, Chat, and Play Every Day in 2008. Ooh. Oh, boy. very exciting. Oh, boy. But Studio Ravel is a really fantastic composer. I enjoy this track quite a bit, uh, but I also really dig this type of music. So... I don't know. Yeah. I like I like to I like me some techno. This is like one of those like progressive trance type tracks that just kind of builds and then goes back down and you know this one though it doesn't really have like a like a breakdown you know mm-hmm. it, I I kind of feel like it just kind of goes from the beginning and just kicks butt and just keeps kicking butt. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I never stop. I enjoy this one all the way through. I I, I dig the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game itself. Have is, you played it? No, I've not. Um, mm. But I do know a little bit about it. Okay. Um, I I heard that it was originally created as um, like a, a tech demo okay. uh, for flowing water uh, sim- uh, like flowing water technology right. for, for video like games. Right, like the physics of yeah. water flowing. It was originally supposed to be for a game called The Vampire Circus hmm. that the studio Z2 uh, yeah. were, were trying to get get off the ground. Mm-hmm. But ultimately from uh, from what I understand so on the N64 and on, and the other versions that you uh, that, that you can play this on, you get like a flat square of land, mm-hmm. uh, and you want to get like as many points as possible through managing like a landscape of lakes and the water and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, but the the big thing about this is the like the realistic water flowing. Yeah, the way that the mechanics. water flows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, the best way to explain it, the easiest way is it's like Tetris, so it's a, it's a puzzle game. You know, it's funny, with a name like Wet Tricks, yeah. I was going to make the joke at the beginning, like, oh, what is this? Tetris with water? But Tetris with water? Turns out it is. It is, pretty much. <laughs> You're building, you've got, as Justin said, the square piece of land, a square spot, basically, to create land. And what happens is land appears like small pieces or chunks uh, of land that you can drop down. So you drop them down and they form based on the, f- the frame of the puzzle piece, very similar to Tetris. Hmm. And then what you're supposed to do with that land is you're supposed to build like a perimeter and basically build like a, a square piece of land that the water can go into. And then the water will occasionally mm-hmm. drop down and fill this hole, like occasionally. So what you have to end up doing is kind of managing the land with the water constantly rising as it drops and you get these like bombs that you can use to basically steam the water away so the water like evaporates. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's definitely a weird take on a puzzle game. Like I've never seen anything like this before. I know it's very similar to Tetris, but it's like a wonky watery world version of Tetris. Huh pretty cool very very interesting yeah mm-hmm. so yeah like different things fall from the sky uh things that will raise the land in yeah areas or the bombs we mentioned or just like things of water and you need to try to contain the water that's really cool and that's the whole yeah. point of the game is to make it so that the water doesn't spill over one of the sections right so that's why you're constantly building the landscape up mm-hmm. so neat pretty cool so I'll have to pick this one up. I don't know if there's any major differences between the 64 version and the Windows and the Dreamcast version. I assume the Dreamcast version is the absolute best version you could get. Uh, yeah, I think it's actually called Wetris pl- or Wetrix Plus. Wetrix Plus, okay, yeah. But this version of the song, I believe, was the N64 version. You know, N64 does a really good job with dance music. Like, dance and trance and prance. Yeah. Like, prance, prance yeah. music. Yeah. All that, like electronic EDM type stuff. They've always done a really good job with it. Um, if you listen to like Conker's Bad Fur Day, the dance track that's in Conker's Bad Fur Day when you go to the club with Conker, yep. like 
that type of stuff. Yeah, there's also a number of uh, racing games. I believe I played an N64 or a, a track from an N64 mm-hmm. racing game. San Francisco uh, Rush. Yeah, yeah, might have been it. 2049 and yeah. San Francisco Rush Two. Yeah, some really uh, Extreme G, like all those types of like racing or puzzle or yep. you know any of these types of games. They do a really good job with uh, techno music. So yeah. it's, it's it's good that. We can kind of showcase the N64 <laughs> for some positives. Yeah, so. cool. So we're going to move on through our watery world of tracks. So just to clear something up regarding the theme, it's not like, oh, the song has to have water in the name. Oh, yeah, no, um, no. Like, water, water themes, yeah. we're, we're thinking of themes that are playing when, uh, in, like, water stages. Right. Or, 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 or ga- games that involve a lot of water. Games. Like, wet, wet like The right. entire game involves water, so, like, any of the tracks from that were free games. Yes, exactly. So, we will move on to Earthworm Jim. This came out on the Sega Genesis in 1994. It also came out on the Super Nintendo, but we are not showcasing that version. Mm-hmm. We're showcasing the Genesis version specifically. So, this is the 94 release. This track is Level 5. And it's by Tommy Tallarico and Mark Miller. Thank you. 
welcome back. That was Earthworm Jim. Now that you've terrified all of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> that was Earthworm Jim <laughs> on the Genesis. Came out in 1994. That was Level 5 by Tommy Tallarico and Mark Miller. I really love that grungy bass. Do, do. I, I, I like both the, the bass uh, uh, like the bass guitar in this yeah, and yeah. The, the, the the drums in it yeah because the drums are really, really clear. thick yeah well because I, I remember a, a way 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 back there was a track uh, there was a Genesis track that, that you had played and I was like the bass drum sounds like somebody took a bass drum and threw it in the mud <laughs> and uh, I, I was listening specifically in this because I, I don't know why but that came back in my head and I was like all right, no, this doesn't sound like that. This sounds like a really good bass drum. So it's possible <laughs> to do it right. Um, but I will say about the song, Bwah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those synths are killer. I, oh, I, my God. I, I really love this track, and I especially love it on the uh, Genesis. And that's not to say I don't like the Super Nintendo soundtrack, because yeah. it's actually my preferred favorite. Really? Yeah. Oh. So I grew up with the Super Nintendo oh, version yeah, inside yeah. of the Genesis. I don't know, it's partly nostalgia for me, but also I just, I feel like the instrumentation is better than the Genesis version in <laughs> most tracks, especially that new, I think it's called, is it New Junk City, the first level? I don't I want to say New Junk City, but I think I'm confusing it with something else. Is it New Junk Swing? <laughs> New Junk Swing? I don't know. No. But, uh, yeah, this version oh. just is a little bit more gritty, a little bit tougher, and it's it really takes advantage of the Genesis style and sound. Yeah. It really takes advantage of that FM synth. Yeah. So... It's and this game came out on the Genesis first, right? This yes. Genesis released, and then it was ported. And then over it was to the, ported yeah. to the Super NES, and then it got ported again to the Sega CD. And that version huh. is the special edition, which has all new Redbook audio. I was just gonna say that's all yeah. Redbook audio tracks. Mm-hmm. So that yet yet another take on everything. And that's arguably probably the best version of the soundtrack is the Sega CD version. But I, I just really like bits and pieces of this soundtrack on various systems. Yeah, I mean, uh, arguably is, is a word. I would say the quality from yeah. the Sega CD is probably the best because oh, Redbook sure. audio. Yeah, but as far as anything else goes, you, you can argue anything. Like mm-hmm. your pre- preferences are preferences. Oh sure. Uh, and I mean, I I didn't play this one on the SNES. I actually played it on the Genesis. Oh, did you? Uh, okay. But I didn't. I, I didn't complete it. I, I yeah. played. It was some tough. Of it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it was tough. I also didn't own a Genesis, so I could only play, you know, as much as I could play over a friend's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just the nostalgia for this game isn't as high for me because it wasn't a game that I owned. I do remember watching the cartoon. I love the cartoon. It was so silly. It was so good. <laughs> But the the game itself was just a lot of fun, mostly because like you know it's, as a kid it's one of those things I didn't have it, mm-hmm. so it was a it was a special treat when I got to play it. I also feel like on the Super Nintendo version the instrumentation is better than the Genesis version in in most tracks. If you listen to New Junk City, if you listen to the What the Heck, oh, I believe yeah. it is <laughs> yeah. with the that track. The instrumentation on that and the follow-up to that track, the one that's like swing, d- the smooth jazz, do, 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 and then you've got the screaming in the background and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the instruments on that sound exactly what they're supposed to be, and on the Genesis version, they don't. They huh. sound like, you know, typical Genesis stuff, you know? So I feel like, and people can disagree with me, but I feel like the Genesis is really, really, really good at producing 
music that is really hard hitting mm -hmm. and is just really energetic and takes advantage of strong bass. You know, like strong yeah. using utilizing stuff like that slap bass and everything. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to like classical theme stuff, anything with instruments that don't sound like the, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Because you're always going to get synthesized instruments yeah. out of the Genesis. Like, whereas with uh, the SNES, you're getting samples. Right, you're so. getting samples. There's that track more like when you get a game over or continue the one that sounds like a trumpet and it sounds like a trumpet on the super nes version on the genesis version it's just like you know it's just it sounds to me inferior but again as we said earlier it's you know i'd love to hear everyone's comments in the episode either on facebook reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash xvgm radio or hop into our discord and yell at me there <laughs> yeah no uh, I polarizing mean, I, opinions yeah uh, and and that's one of the great things about uh, our listeners is they are not afraid to share their opinions yeah uh, and and it's, and it's a fun discourse like no, no, nobody comes on and says like oh I hate you Mike I can't believe you said that I'm never listening to the show again everybody says that <laughs> that's true we've lost a lot of listeners because of you I think I gotta fire you yeah yeah <laughs> but no it's and it this this is this is what this is all about is mm -hmm. you know I prefer this you prefer that uh, somebody else prefers something else you know somebody might that's the way the world should work yeah Justin. and well <laughs> so long as what people prefer isn't you know the death of somebody sure but, sure uh, anyway like the death of Princess what's her name from the cow oh Princess what's her name from the cow landing on her yes because I don't know if you knew that but that uh, happened Did that's it? how the game ends what really spoilers oh you know oh, that's right you never beat it. The, I mean, the game's been out for a long time. Spo sure. Spo spoiler tags Spoilers. or whatever, but... Yeah, that's, oh, wow. that's how the game ends, is you save Princess What's-Her-Name, and then she gets crushed by the cow that you launched oh, in the beginning of the game. Oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. All right, so Mark Miller and Tommy Tallarico, these two kind of joined at the hip for most of their early careers. Uh, started off with doing music dire direction on Toe Jam and Earl in 91, yep. uh, which uh, John Baker worked on. Spider-Man in 91, which was the Genesis version, uh, Tasmania, which, uh, again, Genesis version. Then moved over to the C Sega CD with Sewer Shark in 92, just to kind of jump around, did stuff with Chakan or Ch Chakan. I Sheer Khan? Sh <laughs> Shaka Khan. <laughs> I don't know. And then he started working with Tommy Tallarico on stuff like Robocop versus the Terminator, uh, Daffy Duck, the Marvin, Marvin, Marvin missions, the Marvin missions. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a good game. Mm hmm. In 93. Uh, then later on went to do Taz and escape from Mars. A lot of like, oh, yeah. you know, licensed stuff. Uh, Disney's, stuff yeah. Disney's jungle book. He also did oh. the gameplay music in the Sega CD Cadillacs and dinosaurs game. Ah, uh. yeah. Yeah. He worked only on the first one. Mm hmm. For Earthworm Jim. Yeah. And then he later on did Gex Enter the Gecko in 98 with uh, John Baker again. Yeah, that was a fun one too. Yep. So, and then Tommy Tallarico, goodness. I mean, what hasn't that guy done? Wild Nine, Cool Spot, I believe he did. Mm. The 7 Up game. Yep. He did the Terminator game on Sega CD. He worked on the Advent Rising soundtrack. Mm. From the mid-2000s, Tommy Tallarico is more famously known for working uh, in the industry for Video Games Live. Oh, yes, yes. Yep. yes. And uh, he also is now, the, I think, the president of Coleco? 
Oh, wow. Or in television? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those two. I think it's, I I think think it's, it's in television. television yeah. Isn't, isn't a, there's a new one coming out. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he is... And the original the Earthworm Jim team is reforming yep. to make a new game. So that should be really cool. Yes. Yeah, we'll awesome. see. So let's move on to your first pick of the show. What do you got for us? So I have a game called Blaster Master Zero. This came out on the 3DS and the Nintendo Switch in 2017. The track is called The Abyssal Seas, and it was composed by Ippo Yamada... Hiroaki Sano, Aoi Takeda, Kotaro Yamada, and Naoki Kodaka. Welcome back. That was The Abyssal Seas off of 2017's Blaster Master Zero that came out on the 3DS and the Nintendo Switch. It was composed by Ippo Yamada, Hiroaki Sano, Aoi Takeda, Kotaro Yamada, and Naoki Kodaka. This is a really good game and a great soundtrack. I really need to pick this up, actually. It's really fun, and I need to spend more time with it because I got it on the 3DS, and I'm... I, I don't know. Ever since I got the Switch, I'm, like, holding off on playing some of my 3DS games because I know that they're going to get ported to the Switch and I kind of want to, you know, get them on the Switch when they have, like, a physical cart and they got, like, the two games put together. Oh, is this download only on the 3DS? Yeah, this is Uh, download only. It wasn't a physical release, but the second game came out recently, like, this year. Yeah. And I kind of get the feeling like they're going to make maybe a physical cart for it That'd and nice. combine the two games oh, kind of yeah, like yeah. The, what they did with what Intercreates yep, yep. kind of what they did with the Azure Striker Gunbolt games oh, okay. where they came out with a physical version on the Switch of the two yeah. games combined this is a 
kind of like a remastered, reimagined yeah. version of the first Blaster Master. Yep, that's what I've heard, and I I really enjoyed the the first Blaster Master. I will say it's a game that I have never completed mm-hmm. because it is so long. Bonkers hard. Well, I mean, it, it's hard. It's yeah. also really long. Mm-hmm. And so, I've played the original Blastmaster with a Game Genie, and okay. I still haven't beaten it. Not, not because of how hard wow. it is, but because of how long it is. It's just like, I, I spent, I think, two or three hours playing the game, and maybe may, maybe I just took my time. Maybe the people are like, you can beat it in two hours, three hours. I, I have no idea. I'm not a speedrunner. No, no. But I think I got to, like, the fifth or sixth world, and I was just, eventually, I needed to just stop. Yeah. And there's no saving, there's no right. anything like that, because, you know, original NES and they... You, sh- you should play it on uh, the Switch. Well, that, that, well, that's the thing. Like, I, now that I have the Switch, and yeah. I know that it's on the Switch, mm. I actually didn't even realize it was on the 3DS until I was doing all this stuff. Mm. I am probably going to grab it at some point. Yeah. In the original Blaster Master, when you hit, when you, when you pause the game and you hit start, you get the the thing with your yeah. your, your tank, and it tells you what, what you have, and, yeah. and all that stuff. I don't think there's any touchscreen stuff, though, really? if I recall. I can't remember. Huh. In this game, you are taking the role of Jason Frudnick, and he is basically going into this underground lair to rescue his frog Pet named frog. Fred. Yep. Right. He gets in this tank vehicle called Sophia, and he starts exploring. There's another female character in this. She's a girl named oh. Eve. Yeah, they added that for um for for this for the, for for the, this the game. new game. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't in the original yes. game. She has some sort of connection to the vehicle that you're in. As you play through the game, you kind of learn more and more about it. And they really fleshed out the plot on this one, which is really cool. So you're going in this game, in this water level, you're in a tank. Uh, you're in this, you know, tank vehicle. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because the previous game that we were talking about, Earthworm Jim, that you are playing as Earthworm Jim, kind of running through uh, this underground, like underwater lair. Mm-hmm. But then eventually you get into a vehicle on your own in that game, and it's like this giant ball, <laughs> and you're just moving the ball around based on like whatever direction you're pointing it. And it's kind of complicated initially, but the whole point is to not crack the the globe. Because if you crack the globe, that's it. Jim dies. In Blaster Master Zero, you're just in a vehicle, and you can stay underwater forever. It doesn't matter unless you get out. Like, you can pop Jason out, and then he can, like, do his little swimmies. Swimmies, yeah. His little swimmies. (laughs) That's the perfect explanation for it. I just remember in, in the, the NES version, yeah, you know, like how it looked in the little, you like see, the yeah, back you see his little kicking. like arms, like, beep, beep, beep. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel the same way about Blaster Master though. It is really tough, <laughs> and it is really long. I've never beaten it myself. I think I've gotten to like maybe the third or fourth level. Yeah, no, it's it and it, it just gets harder after mm-hmm, that. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, not. I don't think I would I would call it boring. The, the, I just the the main reason that I got bored with it's it. It's tiring. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, because exactly. you're because not only do you have the platforming aspect, yep. but you also are doing so many things. You get out of the tank. You got to find the doors. You got to yeah, when you go through the doors, it changes. It's no changes. platforming. Yep. Now you got this weird like overhead, top down overhead. Got, right, right, right. And so you're doing all these different things. You're trying to figure out where to go next. And the whole level is a maze. It's very, like, Metroid-ish. Very non-linear. And it's rough because by the end of a few levels, you're like, dude, I'm tapped out mentally. Like, I just want to beat up some thugs. I'm going to pop in Final (laughs) Fight. Like, you know what I mean? That's one of the things, like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to play... Uh, the zero version because mm. uh, I'm expecting that they added a save feature. If they didn't, then I'm not buying it. <laughs> but I would imagine <laughs> they it's, did. it's modern days. They did. Nothing, they did. Nothing's without a save feature. And uh, what else is cool is Integrate's worked with uh, Way Forward and Yacht Club Games 
and they included oh. Shantae and Shovel Knight. What? Yeah, you can play as Shantae and Shovel Knight. And they, they function as they do in their games, or um, is it just like a skin? I think... I'm trying to remember because I did download Shantae and I think when she gets out of her vehicle I, I don't remember if she has a vehicle or not I think she, maybe she's in the Sophia vehicle but then when she gets out she's Shantae but yeah. like she shoots her hair and it shoots a laser I don't know I can't. Oh, I really can't remember I'll have to look it up that, yeah. that sounds really cool it's pretty neat yeah, yeah. But, uh, what do you think of this track? this track was very kind of spacey very yeah. grungy with that Naoki Kodaka Sunsoft Sound, yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say, like, they retained uh, Dat Sunsoft bass, Dat Sunsoft bass, uh, and I really appreciate what they did with with this track in general. Mm. I listened to the original NES track for the for the level this is, I, I believe it's um, level five, okay. And uh, they didn't sound very similar, but from what I understand, uh, they they did take if if not for the entire soundtrack for a handful of levels, or yeah, a handful of, of like the of first part. track, for yeah, example, the first they, level, yeah, they, they took like the original NES and they you know they, they remastered they they beefed it up. Mm. But what I what I really like is for for a remaster and for how beautiful this game looks, I really appreciate the fact that they stuck with chip tunes. I mean, this definitely isn't an eight bit track. There's, there's mm. no way that this would be heard on a Nintendo. No, no. But it, it feels like almost uh, somewhere between an eight bit and a sixteen bit track. Yeah, yeah, I could feel uh, that. And yeah. I, I really. Like, I really appreciate that they that they did that for this type of a game. I got kind of a Game Boy Advance vibe from it. Oh, okay, like yeah, a, yeah. Like a heavy, thick, molasses bass. Yeah. But it feels like it originated on something like the Game Boy Advance. It's got that really kind of throaty, sunsoft bass sound to it. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like it, almost as if it's filtered through like a handheld system. Yeah, I can see that. I also really enjoy like the crunchy drums. Like mm. they, they still have those like. Yeah, yeah. Like those toms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the Sunsoft drums. Like, they're just fantastic. I mean, we <laughs> talked so much about Sunsoft on the Mr. Gimmick episode, so yes. go check that out. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so these composers, there are a few of them. Yes. Um, and some of them are composers of the original NES right. uh, stuff, so we'll uh, we'll get back around to that. But Ippo Yamada started out in 1994 doing X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he was uncredited for that and a few other games as a mm. sound designer. Mega Man X2, Demon's Crest, uh, all really good games. How dare they not credit him. Uh, went on to do all sorts of awesome Capcom stuff. Mm. Uh, Mega Man 7, 95, Resident Evil 96, uh, Mega Man 0, 1, 2, 3, and 4, ZX and ZX Advent. Yeah, those, uh, oh my I gosh. Production. We're not with Capcom though. I think Capcom hired Intercreates because I think Intercreates was a thing back then. Oh, you're right. I um, think, yeah. If not, then Mega Man 9 and 10, definitely. Yeah. Because Ippo Yamada was definitely credited on those. Yeah, definitely. Big time. Uh, and then it looks like they bounced uh, bounced around from there. Uh, as Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures in 2013, mm -hmm. Mighty Number no. 9 in 2016, Gal Gun Double Piece, Mr. Happiness Edition in 2016. <laughs> Gun 2 in 2018, uh, and the last couple things we have here. Uh, he was a music director on Dragon Marked for Death in 2019, this year. Uh, and he's also credited as a sound designer on Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Right, and Hiroaki Sano, it's interesting with him. He started out way back in 1993 <laughs> on Cyborg 009, which was a Sega CD game based on the anime Cyborg 009 and you know he was doing a bunch of random programming and then he didn't start his audio career until 2016 with Galgun 
So he did, again, Galgun, Blaster Master Zero, Galgun 2, and Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Yep. Yeah. So basically an Integrates employee. Yep. Uh, and same with uh, Aoi Takeda. Uh, same, uh, as your strike... As your striker gunvolt two in 2016, Master mm. Zero, Gagan two, Blitzing Curse of the Moon, uh, and then Kotaro Yamada. Same thing. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, these, these guys are, are all into, into creates. I don't know if we'd say alums because it doesn't look like they've been around that long, <laughs> but definitely into creates employees. Yeah. And then Naoki Kodaka is credited for this just because of the original soundtrack. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. But we love him. He's awesome. Absolutely. No, I, I really dug that original soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Sure thing. All yeah. right. What's next? I'm almost afraid to ask. <laughs> next up, we have a game called Hydrophobia. This came out in the year 2010 on the Xbox 360. The track is called Hunt Down One, and it's by Eves Altana, Bjorn A. Lin, and Joseph Shorox. back it's xvgm radio and that was hydrophobia (laughs) the xbox 360 exclusive track that came out in 2010 actually i think it also came out on steam or pc or windows later on which we'll talk about in a few oh yeah the track was hunt down one there's no hunt down two i don't know why they called it hunt down one (laughs) it's by eves altana bjorn a lin and joseph shorox so we played this game last night. <laughs> well, we played the demo. Right, right. And it was uh, pretty neat. Supposedly, this game released bad reviews, or not so great reviews. The developers were not happy with the reviews. They made it very well known verbally <laughs> online. And kind of like pointed at the reviewers. Like, no, you shouldn't have reviewed this that way or whatever. Which is like, dude, that's how reviews work. And they ended up bringing the game back in and working on it and improving a lot of the complaints that were made with the game but by that point when they re-released it it was already too late but uh they basically released it as a free update the game i think didn't get re-reviewed maybe some people re-reviewed it um it got re-released on steam by the name hydrophobia prophecy right and i believe that version was also released on playstation 3 but the original version, Hydrophobia Pure, I guess they're calling it. I don't know. When I looked it up online, it just was on Xbox Live. It was just called Hydrophobia. There is no Hydrophobia Pure, Pure on, yeah, yeah. on Xbox Live. 
Interesting. Oh, they, you know, you know what it was? They, they, the, the free update they released yeah. was was dubbed Hydrophobia Pure. Right, right, right. So, okay. So it's an update that fixed the controls and fixed the camera. And honestly, when we were playing the demo, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Like yeah. I thought it, I had better impressions of it playing the demo, and it, it kind of made me want to check out the game. Like get the game. Yeah. I think you you played it for a very brief bit. You you played the the opening room and then as soon as we got out you handed me the controller and for for, <laughs> some, for someone who uh, proclaims himself to not be very good at video games, that's me. You did pretty good. Yeah, no, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't that bad. The con- like if the controls were bad, it, it would have been impossible for me to play cuz it would have been like sure. I'm not good at this and the controls suck. I mm. can't do this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I got I got through the entire demo. Yeah. Uh, and it it wasn't bad. The, the only part that I that I didn't do too well on is uh, there was a guy that you're supposed to save, uh, oh, and I yeah. guess if you take too long, he saves himself. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I I did not understand what I was supposed to actually be mm. doing at that point. My favorite part of you playing the demo was when... When I jumped into the fire? No, that was really funny. But when you were climbing, and you didn't see the spot where it said to open the door to get into the elevator above, um, and there was an elevator above you that was about to fall, and I'm like, you gotta go in that side door, and you were like, what? And, and then you started climbing, and as you climbed, the elevator from above just dropped and me. crushed yep. you. It was hilarious. It was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the plot takes place sometime in the middle of the 21st century. I guess the world is now flooded. There's like this thing called the Great Population Flood, and the whole game takes place on this huge vessel. It's called the Queen of the World. That's what they named it. And it's like city size, like it's a city scale. It's a huge luxury liner. Right, 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 right. It's the size of a city, basically. And so you're playing as this girl, Kate Wilson, and she's like an engineer. And you're in your apartment, and you're, I guess, going to go start your shift. And then all of a sudden, stuff goes haywire, and computer systems start getting hacked. And then holes start getting blown into the vessel. And so the water starts rising, and the whole point, it's like, very quickly, it's almost right from the get-go, you're full steam ahead. Yeah. Like, you know, the, you feel the adrenaline <laughs> rushing as you're trying to escape and as the water's rising. Very much like this track. Yeah. It was a very heart-pounding track. Yeah, and I think this takes place, like, when you're at being hunted, yeah. if I recall, by like, maybe, like, some bad guys or something. There really wasn't any combat that we experienced in the no, demo. No, there, there was one point where I thought there was going to be, yeah. and then it was just like you saw some, she saw some guys, and then they then they left. Right. They showcased some of the combat in the uh, in the, the demo reel after yeah. the demo, but yeah. didn't get to do any fighting. Nope. But I still think that it was pretty cool what we did experience. Is very like Prince of Persia, kind of Tomb Raidery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even the protagonist Kate Wilson, she reminds me a little bit of Laura Croft, but Scottish. Her accent kept dropping in and out. Yeah, I don't know if she was actually Scottish. I definitely know that the the guy on the com that she was talking to was Scottish. What was his name? Scoots. Scoots. Scoots Magoots. Scoots no. Magoots. <laughs> no, that wasn't his name. His name it, was Scoots, though. It, it definitely was Scoots. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't really place her accent. You you pointed out um, after a little bit, and then I realized that, that like her accent seemed yeah. to be all over the place. So. Yeah, and then like you run into this police guy, this detective or engineer, chief guy, whatever yeah, he is. He sounds American. And he sounds American, so it's just like 
voices from all over the, yeah. the world. Which makes sense because I think the I think this Queen of the World thing is supposed mm. to be like a like a population center, so it's supposed to have this mix of sure. all cultures and whatnot. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And now that I'm thinking of it, it's possible that that Kate was supposed to be like Norwegian or Icelandic. Or something. Oh, okay, um, that makes sense. That might be yeah. that might be where it is. There's these slogans that are kind of like all over the ship oh, when yeah. you're running through that says "Save the world, kill yourself." Yep. It. it the whole thing kind of like takes on a very dark atmosphere. So this is not one to play around the kitties, in my opinion. There's like dead bodies and yeah. You know. This is a we thought it was supposed to be survival horror at first. Right. I think it's actually I think um, it's just survival survival adventure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, survival adventure. That makes sense. So these composers who composed this very busy, frantic <laughs> track that really kind of takes on the game's feel. Yeah. As far as like you know. A heart pounding thud. Yeah, kind of bombastic. Yeah, but very like, I love those techno y kind of. Yeah. Duka, 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 duka. You know, the, I don't the, even the, know what the that is. The backbeat of the break beat or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's very movie ish. Yes, yes. So Eve's Altana worked on only this game. Bjorn A. Lynn worked on quite a bit more, actually, a lot more. Starting off with 1991's Escape from Kolditz. Um, kind of jumped around, worked on a lot of the Worms games, Alien Breed. Worms 3D, Worms Blast, Stunt GP in 2001, did pretty much almost all the Worms games. Yeah. A lot of this stuff is indie games or PC games that I've never heard of, like Hidden in Time Mirror Mirror, Pahalika, Secret Legends in 2009. His last game was uh, Depth Hunter 2 Deep Dive, so continuing with the water theme music there. Uh, by the way, his uh, nickname... I was just going to ask about that. <laughs> Dr. Awesome. <laughs> which is fantastic. That's what the A stands for. It's Bjorn Awesomelin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Joseph Shorox, again, only hydrophobia and hydrophobia prophecy. So that's it. All right. Cool. Cool indeed. Uh, on that note, uh, I'm being told that we're getting a call here. Let's go ahead and take that. Uh, Janine, you want to... Put that through? Yeah, pop that through. Caller, you are on the air with XVGM Radio. Who is this and what can we do for you? You got me out so you could get out. We're evil. Excuse me? What? What was that? Huh? Get out of where? What are you talking about? Hello? It's better one of you dies now. Both of you die slow. Uh. Uh, I don't know what this guy is, but that sounded like a threat, so I'm gonna hang up on this gentleman. Oh boy, we get some wacky people calling in. Yes, we do. Although, you know... I just want to take a vacation from all this. So do I. Go to a place just where like, you can just relax and float around. Just like on a boat somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Like in a world that's made of water. Yeah, like almost as if like it was a map. You know, like it was like a map theme. I get what you're saying. I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah, do you? So next up, we're going to hear... The map theme from Waterworld on the SNES in 1995, and it was composed by Dean Evans. You know, now that I think about it, was that Kevin Costner? I really hope not, because that would mean we just hung up on Kevin Costner. Yeah, whatever. He can go dance with the last of the Mohicans. Anyways, yep, Waterworld, map, Dean Evans. Here we go.
welcome back. <gasps> Wake up, grab your brush, put on a little makeup, rub the sleep out of your eyes. Makeup? I don't need no makeup. <laughs> the scars fade with the shakeup. <laughs> oh, what? Is that System of a Down? System of a Down. Yeah, yeah. That's right, that's <laughs> <All> right. right. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, so that was Waterworld, uh, the 1995 SNES game. Uh, the track was called Map, and it was composed by Dean Evans. And if you are unfamiliar with this game, that's because you are not from the Europe portion of the world. <laughs> that is true. This is a PAL game, so we did not get it here in America. We did not, I don't sadly. think they got it out there in Japan either. Yeah. So. So good. But yeah, the music is so, so buttery rich. It is like drinking an ice cold glass of ice water that was formerly urine. Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, I see. Come on, I'm sticking I, with the water I, world I was, thing. I was gonna say, like, I, I get where you're coming from. You, you're doing the water world thing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. You just, you just completely ruined, ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> this song. Oh, it's so good. It is. It is. I think you you were thinking about picking uh, either this or one of the tracks from Waterworld, but I got it first. You did. You did. <laughs> And I wrote in all caps on the dock, yes! <laughs> With like 12 S's. Yes, like a thousand. Uh, so, I, man, I love this track. I discovered this one thanks to my buddy Rewind Mike uh, on YouTube. And I gotta thank him because <laughs> it was quite a find. Oh, it's such a good song. Yeah. It's so chill. This is it like really is. Pink Floyd type stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, really reminds me of like that chill out stuff like have a cigar or really anything off of wish you were here yep. dark side uh, of the moon dark side of the moon just super chill relaxing yes <sighs> just so good i really enjoy this i discovered dean evans when i was on your previous podcast pixel tunes uh, radio with uh uh nico when we did the snes deep yes. episode he played that green lantern the unreleased green lantern mm-hmm. track and i was like what is this this yeah. is really like super chill and mm-hmm. like, you know no like Dean Evans go listen to Waterworld and I went and listened to Waterworld and was like yes wow this guy's awesome yeah Dean Evans is just absolutely killer he started off with Pushover in 92 he did he did and then he did Lethal Weapon that same year he most of his games came out in 92 actually Cool World which uh, I think he did the Game Boy version of that yeah he was, he was uncredited so. yeah 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 it's hard to uh Hard to see, mm. but um, yeah. And, uh, also did Hook in 1992, jumping up Jurassic Park in 1993. That is the Amiga and DOS version, mm. not the SNES version, which uh, I'm a, I'm a strange fan of. Um, what did you think of the sequel? Because he did that. That well, that's what I was going to say. Jurassic Park 2, the cast continues on the SNES. He did the music too, and it's like, I it's like a Contra game. Yeah, it's really good. I, I, I enjoyed that one. So like, I like both Jurassic Park one yeah. and two on the SNES, but for totally different reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then New Flintstones in '95, that Greenland. Turn game uh, was supposed to be a 1994 game. Didn't come out, obviously. Right. Uh, so that's not listed on his credits, but we know about it. Rally Championship Extreme in 2001. Rally Championship, end of sentence, in 2003. <laughs> uh, and then uh, ending with Richard Burns Rally in 2005. He did the audio on. Yeah. But yeah, no, Mr. Dean Evans, come back to us. <laughs> provide us with more more of your dulcet tones. Mm, so good. It's like coitus with a watermelon. No. Mm. <laughs> you really you really killed the metaphors here. <laughs> Listen. Just let me bask. Just let me bask. It's like it's it's like a, a nice tall glass of really warm but not scalding hot butter. Ugh. <laughs> oh. There, that's what you get. Oh that's so gross. <laughs> it's so silky smooth though. Oh. 
<laughs> you said you haven't played this one though, right? No, okay. no. I, I, I don't know if, uh, if this ever, if I ever came across this in my uh, ROM downloading days. Mm. Uh, I, I might have. I feel like I've seen like if, if, I, if I haven't if I haven't played it via uh, via, an em, via an emulator, I've at least seen um, I've seen videos of footage, it. Footage, right, right. It is actually surprisingly good. Yeah. I think it is. Unlike the movie. Yeah, unlike the movie uh, that it's based on. But uh, you play as Kevin Costner, obviously. And... What's the name of the character, Kevin Costner? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the guy that was, you know, threatening to kill us earlier. Yes, That yes. guy, yeah. Turns out. <laughs> so, you are sailing around on your boat in the, on the map, and that is when this music is playing. Hence why it's called Map Theme. Yep. <laughs> but... The game is a mix of shooting and like driving and shooting your boat hmm. with other boats. And I don't want to say platforming, but I guess platforming. Like you're not jumping around like Mega Man or like Mario or anything like that. It's more like you're trying to find, I think it's like bags of sand or something like that. Huh. Oh, no, you're, pro you're probably trying to find dirt because that's dirt yes that, like that's i think that's the if i remember the movie well enough that i think that's the currency yeah this also came out on the game boy mm, yeah supposedly the same soundtrack though. and the virtual boy and the pc yep there's supposed to be a genesis release but it got canceled and i guess it was only available on the sega channel which is, seems very conflicting huh. uh there is a soundtrack around for it though and it's nothing like this Hmm. So, yeah, because I saw the map theme and I immediately went to the map theme and just heard a bunch of screeching. And I was just like, ah, Whoa, Genesis, what ah, the hell? get it away. I don't know why you're yelling at me. So the Sega Saturn version was also planned and it was completed, <sighs> but was also canceled. It's probably because they realized that the SNES was the superior version and they didn't need to make anything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were like, will you listen to this map thing that Dave Evans made? We can't transfer this anywhere else. It won't sound as good. It's true. And that's what happened. This game's also released by Ocean Software. Yes. Which I find very ironic. Waterworld, Ocean. Oh, uh, I didn't make that connection. Zing. I that one. You got it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I think people should really give this one a shot. The only annoying part is the driving of your boat and shooting at stuff. Because the bullets are, if I recall, really sh small. Hmm. It kind of reminds me of, like, Dick Tracy on the NES. Oh, yeah. Like, those. Yeah. So, I don't know. I personally thought that this one was pretty fun. I enjoyed playing it, and I love this music. I mean, like I said, not a smooth, buttery glass of butter, but it's... But it is buttery smooth, so... It is buttery smooth, but it is not... This is like... Yeah. This is like... It's like taking that butter and making it into cookies. This is like eating an entire thing of fruit salad by yourself. Oh, I hate fruit salad. <laughs> you just... Man, you are, you I'm are killing, 0 for 3 tonight. I'm 0 for 3 with you. <laughs> <laughs> on that note... Yeah, let's, let's move on. Uh, let, let's see what we got next. My next pick is from one of my favorite games of all time, Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest. This came out in the Super NES in 1995. This track is Lockjaw's Saga, and it's by Mr. David Wise.
Oh man, welcome back to XVGM Radio. That was Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest. Get it, Justin? Yeah, I get Kong it now, Quest. yes. <laughs> that was the Super NES version, and that came out in 1995. That track was Lockjaw's Saga, and it was by David Wise. And I want to correct myself. Evelyn Novakovic, also known as Evelyn Fisher, and Robin Beeland are also credited on that soundtrack. Uh, but I yes. believe David Wise did this song, but I could be wrong. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Just in case, covering all the bases. Just in case, yeah. <laughs> I, I like sort of the story that it told. Mm. Like, you, you've got those almost like toy box piano. Uh, I, I'm not sure what it, what it is, but like the, the higher pitch. Yeah. It's very, very sort of like ampish. And then as it goes on. I'd say those are strings. Yeah, I definitely think they're strings. I can't tell if it's. Oh, oh! You're, you're saying like a um, like a violin, like a violin, maybe. I thought it sounded like they were being plucked, but maybe. Oh, my... maybe it's a harp. Oh, it might be. There a harp you go. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, like partway through the song, you get these water sounds, and yeah. you hear like the water sloshing and a, and a sloshing, and a boat clearly like either it's either water sloshing against the boat, or it might be a boat hitting a dock or something. You ever see the ads? for diapers and you ever see the one that was on SNL where they were making fun of like the the adult diapers no. and they poured an entire like oh. a jug full of iced tea into the <laughs> diaper just to show you like how much it could hold <laughs> I feel like you're wearing that when this noise is playing. When that sloshing, oh. that <laughs> just like that sloshing. I feel like you just have a diaper full of iced tea. Fair enough. And you're wearing the diaper while you're playing this game. I guarantee you I am not wearing a diaper while playing this game, but... I guarantee you in like 40 years, I'll be wearing a diaper playing this game. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't want to get to that point in my life. <laughs> Where you have to wear diapers full of iced tea? Exactly. Why are you wearing a diaper full of iced tea? I don't know, but you're the one saying I'm wearing a diaper full of iced tea. Listen, just let me live my life, all right? Let me live my 80-year-old life. You live your best life. Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I, I definitely dug this one. How about those toms, though? Yeah. Those kettle drums or toms or... Whatever they were. I feel like it's like kettle drums with toms stacked like on, on top. top of them. Yeah. And similar to what you were talking about before where somebody was just rolling like a bass drum through like a, <laughs> a, a field or like in, oh, throwing yeah. it into, throwing the water. In, into the mud. Into yeah. the mud, yeah. The, to me, the, the drums sound like a tom drum playing a kettle drum. Like, so, like they're Someone just has like, drumsticks with toms on them and they're just... Yeah. Somebody has like drumsticks and they have toms attached to the end of them and they're playing kettle drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <with> yeah. <laughs> Donkey Kong's doing yeah, of it. Of course. While yeah. he's captured. Yeah. So, yeah. He's got nothing else to do. Yeah, hey, he's captured. I mean, that's the plot of this game. Yeah, no. Donkey Kong's captured. Your big donkey buddy is not with you. You know, you wake up and, you know, as Diddy Kong, who is Donkey Kong's, I don't know, protege. Son? No, not son. Oh, it's not? I don't think so. No, I thought I'm it was. pretty sure, no. Huh. No. Nephew, maybe? <laughs> yeah, but Dixie Kong's his sister slash love interest. Uh, well, let's not get into that. <laughs> no, I'm pretty that. sure it's his girlfriend. I'm like 99 point. Five percent. I sure. hope so. That <laughs> there's still a point five. That's like maybe it's his sister because they're monkeys. I don't know, man. All right. <laughs> I don't write this stuff. <laughs> but I love playing as Dixie Kong. She's my favorite Kong out of all of them because she has the twirly hair and she can go really far distances with the hair, like spinning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I just I, I don't know. I feel like she has a little bit more weight to her. I always felt like Diddy Kong was just too light. I always felt like I didn't have control with him, um, but this was one of my childhood favorites. I mean, I was obsessed with the first Donkey Kong Country. I've talked about it before, and then uh, this one came out, and I was just gung-ho about it. I got a good <laughs> report card, and I was like, yes, 
Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest. Let's do this. Played through the game, 100%ed it, loved every moment of it, got the strategy guide, still got the same strategy guide. Friggin' love this game. Nice. Great soundtrack. Awesome. I love this <laughs> song, too. It's one of my favorites. These levels are a pain in the butt, though. Yeah. This is the one, when you enter into it, you drop straight down. Like, the very first thing that you hear is, do-do-do-do-do, and you're just, like, <laughs> dropping, and you, like, you can kind of rock yourself back and forth to get these bananas as you're falling. Oh, yeah, yeah. And from there, you end up seeing this animal buddy friend of yours, Glimmer, I believe his name is, and he has a like a spotlight on him. And it's really frustrating, but also really cool at the same time. Because when you're moving, if you move left and right with Dixie or, or Diddy Kong, yeah. the camera or the, the spotlight moves along with you. And so as you're moving, like, it'll move left or right, but it'll also flash in your face when you move to the center. It's yeah, yeah. really, really cool how they did it, but it's also super kind of annoying. I cannot speak highly enough about it. It's <laughs> one of those games I break out every so often. I play through, like, the first, like, three or four worlds, and then I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I, I don't know, I get distracted. Yeah, so. no, that's fair. I, I, I never really played much of any of the Donkey Kong Country games. Really? Uh, I played them more later in life. Okay. When, when they originally came out, I had no interest in Donkey Kong. Really? And they looked, yeah, the, 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 the games looked cool, but I was just like, eh, not, it's not a franchise that I cared about. Mm. Like, uh, I never really played a lot of, like, the Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong Jr., like, the, the old, uh, the oh, old sure. games. Like, I knew that he was related to Mario in some way, but I was just like, eh, I don't care about those. And then as, as I got older, like, I actually did get into Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr., uh, and I was like, oh, these games are really cool. And <laughs> so, composer-wise, David Wise, we've talked about many times on the show before, but his first soundtrack, which he was uncredited for, was Wizards and Warriors Ooh. on the NES. He did... So many rare games, mm. pretty much almost all the rare games. <laughs> he was their main composer for years and years and years, working on all three Wizards and Warriors games, working on the Donkey Kong Country series, working on stuff like Cobra Triangle, NARC. He did the arrangement for <laughs> Pinbot in 1990, the Nightmare on Elm Street, I believe he did as well. Hmm. And then Battletoads. He ended up leaving Rare at some point. Worked on some games, just random stuff. His last soundtrack, I think, with Rare was Star Fox Adventures, if we're not counting the Diddy Kong Racing stuff. Um, uh, he well, did Viva Pinata, Pocket Paradise, yep. yeah, which was, a, I think, a portable version of that that came out yeah, on the it was DS. DS yep. Yeah, but that was his last official game with Rare. And then he left. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze was kind of the game that got him back into the... Yeah. the, the game. I think he did an, another game called Sorcery as well, just before that, but uh, yeah, he, he jumped back in, started doing Tropical Freeze, which has a great soundtrack. You know, he's just been kind of doing a lot of random stuff. He worked on a little shooter called Star Ghost. Uh, he worked on Ukulele as one of the main composers, yep. which is cool, uh, which was kind of a Banjo-Kazooie spiritual successor. successor yeah. And last credit was uh, this year, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, or I-I-I-I, in 2018, it's got four lines. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's... Why wouldn't they just call it, like, IV or for Roman numerals? Or, yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> it's just I-I-I-I. All right, whatever. Stupid Snake Pass he did as well, 2017. Mm. Let's just say that. That's his last soundtrack. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, Evelyn, <laughs> Evelyn Novakovic, better known to Rare fans as Evelyn Fisher. I guess that's her married name is Novakovic. 
She started with Rare doing character voices in Killer Instinct, most likely for the female characters like uh, Bjorkid. Mm -hmm. She worked on Donkey Kong Country 1 doing the sound effects and worked on uh, Donkey Kong Land 3, Donkey Kong Country 3 doing the music on that one, on Donkey Kong Country 3. She's credited under Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest for music. I think she may have done the sound effects on on that one, but I'm not sure. She did character voices for Jet Force Gemini. She, of course, is the voice of Joanna Dark in Perfect Dark. You know, she's Bee Orchid. She's Vila from Jet Force Gemini. And she is Joanna Dark. Three lovely ladies. Absolutely. Her last game was Viva Pinata in 2006, where she's credited as production, sound effects, and voiceover recording. Robin Beanland, our final composer to discuss on this one, he just won some kind of crazy award for Sea of Thieves, so congrats oh, to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's still with Rare to this day. Started off with music and Killer Instinct, and then moved on to stuff like, like Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Star Fox Adventures, he's credited as additional musician. Saber Wolf in 2004... It's Mr. Pants in 2004. He's labeled as Squeaky Pants. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Banjo Pilot, Viva Pinata, Red Baron in 2006. Connect Sports. He did all the Connect games, if I recall. <laughs> His final game, Sea of Thieves, is doing really well right now. So, congrats to him. Very cool. Yeah. All right. What you got? So, I would like to play for you a game from a Mega Man. A Mega Man? That's a Mega Man 4, the 1991 NES release. This is Dive Man Stage, composed by Mene Fuji and Yasuaki Fujita. the XVGM radio podcast that you were listening to. <laughs> that was Dive Man Stage from Mega Man 4. came out on the NES in 1991, and it was composed by Minai Fuji and Yasuaki Fujita. This is a great game. It One is. of my favorite Mega Mans. One of my favorite tracks. This is a good song. And you picked this one. It's really funny that you picked this one, because <laughs> I actually was going to pick it. I wrote it down, oh. and then I was like, you know what? I feel like Justin's going to pick this one. I really do. That's so funny. And I erased it, (laughs) 
And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick something different because I have a feeling that Justin's going to pick this for me. So well done, sir. That's that's really, really funny because out, <laughs> out of all the games, I mean, you and I have talked about Mega Man a lot. Just, sure. I mean, both on the podcast and, and in life because right. we're both Mega Man fans. Sometimes I just call you and I just scream, Mega Man! And then I hang up. It's true. It's really yeah. annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and and as, as we were talking about last night when we were playing through this game, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with Mega Man 4. I, I actually, like, I owned the game and as we were playing through it, I was like, like I was starting to remember, like, like recovered memories. Like, <laughs> holy crap, I actually have played this. Mm-hmm. But I, I never really did as well with it as I did with 3. Like, 3 was the only Mega Man as a, as a kid that I could really beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 4, I, I, I remember beating Skullman. Uh, I think I beat. Uh, I may have beaten uh, Pharaoh Man at some point, mm. and maybe one other one. But yeah. it was it was a hard game. But playing through it, you know, last night was mm. actually a lot of fun because it showed me that you know, as a as a kid, I was just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I never really like I ne- I, w- I, w- I wasn't really good at the Mega Man games because I never I never understood patterns. Mm-hmm. Like in Ringman's level, that that really annoying um, ring-based mid-boss. Right. Uh, we were playing, uh, and, and I, I, like when you were playing, like I the just, hippo. Yeah, well, the hippo, and then and then the jingly ring thing. Oh that, yeah, that yeah, spreads yeah. Out. Yeah, you were you were playing that, and I was like, because uh, we kept missing it. Like you're trying to fire, and every time it pulls itself back in, mm. you know, you can't hit it. And then I was just watching. I was like, oh, it shimmies five times, and then it releases. And she's like, watch what it's doing. Yeah, I didn't even the game tells that you how to beat it. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, no, it was uh, so much fun. But this song, I mean, there are, there's a lot of really good tracks in this game, just hands down. Mm-hmm. But between the two water-based tracks, there's this the, this one, and there's Toad Man, mm. and I I like them both. But I think I, I think this, this one edges it out just a little bit mm. for me. I really do like this track, but I don't get a water vibe from it. I know it's a water oh, that's level. Fair, that's fair. Yeah. The whole level takes place underwater. Yeah. But I don't get a. You know what I get is a James Bond vibe. It's got a secret agent kind of do 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 yeah yeah. I don't know. That's that's always kind of been yeah. I get more of a dance vibe. Okay. I just that mostly because of the melody. The da 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 da. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I think it's that do 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 do. Yeah. It feels very James Bond. That's fair to me. But I can see that. So the bad guy this time around is Dr. Cossack, and he's this Russian scientist. And what you end up finding out is, spoilers, his daughter Kalinka was captured by Dr. Wiley. Dr. Wiley, of course. So that's kind of why he was doing this evil stuff, you know, using his robot masters for bad instead of good. Yep. Yeah. But he's like a friend of Dr. Light's. and I don't understand why he couldn't just pick up the phone and be like, yo, Dr. Light, just a FYI. It's not me. It's not me. But I guess there'd be no game if that was the case. Right, right. <laughs> if all conflict was solved like that in video games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, realistic. <laughs> so, composers for Mega Man 4, uh, Minai Fuji, also known as Ojalin, did not do a whole heck of a lot, but she was a Capcom composer for 1991's Mega Man 4, 1992's Super Buster Brothers, in 1993's Breath of Fire. Mm-hmm. She's also credited on Mega Man 10 in 2010. Yeah, they brought her back to uh, do a track, which was really cool. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's a really big break, 1993 to 2010. Yeah. I'm glad she came back for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Yasuaki Fujita, also known as Bun Bun, 
has a whole host of things here. So started out with Final Fight in 1989, doing music and sound. Who Framed Roger Rabbit in 1991. That's the Game Boy version. We talked a exactly. lot about the Fujitas on the Disney yes. Capcom episode with uh, Rhythm and Pixels. Pixels. Yep. And the next one I was going to say was Disney's Darkwing Duck in 1992. He was uncredited as a sound composer. Breath of Fire in 1993. And from then on, it looks like he was mostly doing sound, sound design on things like Tomba in 1997, Todd McFarlane's Spawn, the video game in 1995, mm-hmm. came back to do music composition uh, again in Mega Man 10 in 2010, uh, and then finally did music and sound in 2010 on Final Fight Double Impact. Which was just the credit for the original soundtrack. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move into a track. I mean, we had to play this track. There's of course. There's no other... I apologize in advance for anyone who gets triggered by this song. PTSD, trigger warning. Yes, it's Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. This came out on the N64 in 1998. This track is The Water Temple, and it's by Koji Kondo. How can we not pick that track? I don't know. I have no nostalgia for that game, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to XVGM Radio again. And that was Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, the N64 release that came out in 1998. That was Water Temple by Koji Kondo. I'm just kind of trying to get everybody out of their coma that they just woke up on. <laughs> just wanted to refresh everybody like, hey, this is what you're listening to right now. Yeah, I mean, this- especially if you, if, if you happen to have some some kind of a an adverse reaction to to hearing yeah. to hearing that track again. It's like an and, allergic reaction. Yeah, no, I've I've heard <laughs> from from people who did play this game a lot. This level was not many people's favorite. Oh no. And I know quite a few people that would say hearing that song would bring back terrible memories. Yeah, I mean like it's all people talked about back then. Whenever you talk about Ocarina of Time, the Water Temple comes up and people are just start cursing. Well, from what I understand, it was really difficult. It was really tough. I couldn't tell you now how to play through the Water (laughs) Temple. I don't know how I got through it. I don't know how I beat that game because I had to go through the Water Temple. (laughs) I 
think the only reason why I got through it was because I had the strategy guide. Mm. That's probably the only reason. That helps. Yeah. But yeah, that track, uh, more of a track, less of a song, I would say. Okay. Um, there, I mean, there's definitely definitely musical elements there. I mean, mm. I, I can I can probably pick out a melody from from some of the like the chimey things. Mm. But like that that background, like almost sounds like the um, you know that, that toy that you can buy that's supposed to sound like water trickling. Yeah. It, it sounds the like, rainmaker. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds like a rainmaker, but they took it as a sample and then they pitched it up and down to make, yeah. make music with it. It sounds like sunshine spilling out into a tube. Okay, sure. <laughs> like a heart made of sunshine being a played. Heart made of sunshine. Okay. There you go. I'll, uh... That's it. I'll allow it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it, McCoy. So, I really like whatever that Arabian sound is that that guitar I don't know if it's like Spanish guitar or Arabian sounded more Arabian kind of like Middle Eastern yeah we talked a little bit about Middle Eastern stuff or influences on the uh, Mike's Picks episode last yeah you had a you had a track that had a sitar in Persia yeah 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 so but um no I was really really enjoying this track it felt more like an experience than a song uh, is yeah, the best way yeah, to put it. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the game that convinced me to buy an N64 right, or get yeah. one for, I think I got it as a Hanukkah gift. But yeah, this, I mean, like this game release was huge. I mean, they had movie trailers for this game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like if you went to the movie theater, you could watch a Zelda Ocarina of Time trailer. Which is nuts. Yeah. That's just bonkers. No, there weren't really game trailers in movies no. back then. I mean, there, like, there still really aren't. There still really aren't. Like, that's how big this game was. And I think a lot of people don't realize how big this game was. I mean, like, this was like Nintendo's Final Fantasy VII. Sure, sure. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You know? So, Koji Kondo. Never heard of him before. We do this every time. I know. I know we do. <laughs> Eventually, we're going to have to, I guess, go over some games that he's done. So let's go with some more obscure stuff for composition. Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How about Super Mario Maker? He did music on that. That's fair. Believe yeah. it or not. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey. He, he, yeah, I guess he came back to do music on that. Oh, okay. Probably with a few that, other that, good people. That's, yeah, that, that's a more recent one. Yeah. How about an older one? Famicom Mukashi Banashi. Shin Onigashima. That was in 1987. And, I don't know, soccer in 1985? Fair enough. Yeah. All right, well, it looks like we are getting a call on our Patreon hotline. That means we're getting a patron request. I love seeing that red light light up. Oh, yeah. So let's go ahead and take that call. Caller, you are on the air with XVGM Radio. And which patron am I talking to today? This is Anson. And Jordan. We want to share with the XVGM listeners, current and future, the passion, the awesomeness, the energy, the force that is Water Clouds by Matoi Sakuraba from the vastly underrated Batten Kaito's Origins. Thank you. No problem. Very cool, guys. Yeah. Thanks for doing the entire introduction for (laughs) us there. Uh, With that, I think we should just play that track. Hit it.
You're listening to XVGM Radio, where the bits just keep coming. Hey, welcome back. That was Jordan and Anson Davis's Patreon pick for the episode. It was Batten Kaitos or Origins, which came out on the GameCube in 2006. The track was called Water Clouds, and it was composed by Motoi Sakuraba. Good stuff by Motoi. Very good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really kind of sounds like a monolith soft game. Yep, yeah. You know, uh, very Xenoblade-ish, <laughs> Zeno Gears, that whole, you know, monolith soft. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> those guys. Those guys, you yeah. know. No, this, this one was, was very... The word flowy keeps coming to mind, and I don't think it's the right, that, that's the right word, but... It's it's very uplifting, like water flowing through clouds. Yeah, yeah, I guess <laughs> that's. We'll we'll continue with the water theme tonight. Maybe yeah. it is appropriate. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's why the word was in my head actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's very like I, I like the, just the the main melodic line was just sort of took me Flowy. away. Yeah. yeah, not even well. Yeah, like I jumped in the river and just took me away. Right, right through the clouds. Right through the clouds into your death. I don't know. You know what? I'm okay with it. <laughs> if it's my time, it's time to go. Listen, that's that's what's up. But I don't know. At least you're not wearing a diaper full of iced ice tea. Ice tea? Yeah, no sure. Yeah, that's Thank true. you for bringing that up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I really wanted to check out this game, but I can't get on board because it's one of those card based RPGs. Oh, yeah. Yep. Kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh! or like um, Lost Kingdoms. On the GameCube. Hmm. I don't know. It was like right around the era where where all of a sudden RPGs were like, we're going to have a card thing in it. I don't know. Just kind of doesn't really jive my interest. But <laughs> this soundtrack's great, though. I mean, it's it's pretty good stuff overall. I mean, you can't go wrong with Motoi Sakuraba. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't know much about this game. Is um, I I was not a GameCube owner. Uh, so okay. I, I did not. I didn't own it, and I hadn't. So... I had heard of Batten Kaitos, right? Uh, just in general, this apparently is the prequel to Eternal Wings: yes. The Lost Ocean. Yep. But outside of that, I had never really seen or played any of the games, so uh, I am interested to know more now that it has been suggested by some of our patrons. Yeah, I mean, if you like the card game in like Final Fantasy 8 maybe that oh, would Triple Triad yeah. yeah Triple Triad maybe that would I, I don't think it's I think it's definitely more fleshed out mm. I mean when it comes to the battle system it's not it's it's not the same I think I played this one really briefly mm. and I just couldn't get into it you know like That's I fair. said but uh, you know the soundtrack's great yeah. so I really like the use of chorus effects yeah, yeah in yeah. the w- with like the almost like operatic stuff where it's like oh you know, like the really high pitched, like Space Ghost. Yeah, like Space Ghost, coast to coast, moving, <laughs> moving beyond uh, Space Ghost. Let's move into your next pick. What do you got for us? Yeah, so we're gonna hear a track called Dolphin Shoals, and you might know that there are many songs called that because there are many games that have it in it. So we're gonna listen to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe's version. Uh, that came out on the Switch in 2018, and there are so many composers on this. Goodness. I will, I will do them now, and I will not do them again after the break. <laughs> so we have Shiho Fuji, Atsuko Asahi, Ryo Nagamatsu, Yasuaki Iwata, Asuka Hayazaki, Toru Minagishi, Kazumi Totaka, and Koji Kondo. You got it.
Welcome back to XVGM Radio with your hosts, Mike and Justin. That was Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch. 2018 was the year of release and that song was Dolphin Shoals. It was composed by Keenan Ivory Wayans. <laughs> I don't think so. Jim Carrey. Probably not. Chris Farley. Definitely not. Adam Sandler. You guys see where I'm going with this? Okay, all right. (laughs) SNL much? Yeah, no, seriously. uh, That's sax, man. That's uh, that's a good sax, man. Good sax, man. Yep. Sax, man. Yeah, good stuff. I was really digging this. Yeah, no, I... It's a fun track. It it is. I, I picked this one particularly because it was really like upbeat and jazzy and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of funky. I have played Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, what is this? On the, the Switch? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's the same oh, song that's on Mario Kart 8. Uh, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I didn't play Deluxe. I, I played the one on the Wii U. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a fun song to listen yeah. to, to play to. Uh, I, try, I'm trying to remember the level that this one is in. Uh, obviously, it's uh, underwater. This is the one where... Yeah. Is this you, one where you, you go underwater? And yeah, up? yeah, you keep yeah. popping in and out yeah. of underwater. Yeah, okay. it's a really, really fun level. Yeah. It was a really cool design that they had for it, too, with yeah. just the way that everything works in this one. I think Mario Kart 8 is honestly probably the best Mario Kart. Really? Yeah, it's really, really good. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I mean, I have a lot of nostalgia for 64, mm. which is weird because you would think that me being, you know, like an 80s kid... And like '90s, like early '90s, like Super Mario Kart would be my favorite. Yeah, I didn't really play that one that much. Really? I played a little bit. I rented it once, and it was fine, whatever. But yeah, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is really, really fun. It's a great game. Yeah, and it's tons of fun to play online too, which is nice. <laughs> but I gotta say, like, when it comes to Mario Kart, like I like playing it, but it gets to a point where like I'll I can only play it so much. And I also cannot play it without playing with friends. Like, I can't just sit around and play Mario Kart. Oh, no? Like, by myself. No, I can't. It's hmm. impossible. I'll die. Or I'll explode. One or the other. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, yeah. So you'll yeah. explode. That is similar to the experience that I had mm-hmm. with Mario Kart DS. That, okay. I think that might be my favorite Mario Kart game. Really? Yeah, it was... So, something about it, like, I... It was pretty good. Ma- more or less mastered that game. Okay. Um, like I, I got through all like I, I played the single player or the, the offline stuff mm. more or less to death and then I ended up playing online and online was a whole lot of fun too uh, wasn't that the one where they introduced snaking yeah and right. like you could get boost nonstop if yes, you were you if you got if you got really good at the game which is which is exactly what I did yeah <laughs> yeah anyways so there's so many composers there are so, so. Jim Carrey better known as Shino <laughs> Fuji <laughs> you caught me off guard I was rubbing my eye while you were talking <laughs> started off in 2007 with Wii Fit actually oh so uh, a newer Nintendo employee definitely new Super Mario Brothers Wii in 2009 uh, and Splatoon in 2015 Atsuko Asahi worked on Steel Diver in 2011 doing the music on that also worked on The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker in 2013. And his last game is ARMS on the Switch in 2017. Hmm. Ryo Nagamatsu started out doing music on Wii Play in 2006, did music in Super Mario Galaxy 2 in 2010, and ended with the music in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in 2017. 
Yasuaki Iwata worked on Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in 2014 and 2017 respectively. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in 2017, they were responsible for the music on that one, as well as ARMS in 2017. Yes, and Asuka Hayazaki started out doing music composition in Super Mario 3D Land in 2011, did uh, music in Pikmin 3 in 2013, and Star Fox Guard in 2016, they were yeah. child support. Toru Minigishi started working with Nintendo on Pocket Monsters Stadium as part of the Game Freaks crew. Mm. Later jumped on to do games like Mario Power Tennis, Mario Pinball Land, and we'll do one more. Mario Tennis Aces in 2018. That was the last game that they worked on. They're credited as voices, so to be fair, the last game that they worked on composition-wise was Mario Kart 8. And then Kazumi Totaka has a much, much longer list here. Still only going to do three, though, just to keep this quick. Did music on X in 1992. That was a Game Boy uh, game by Nintendo. Yep. The predecessor to Star Fox. Oh, you're right. Yep. Oh, wow, that's really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Up to the 2000s, they did music on Luigi's Mansion in 2001, and uh, the most recent thing that they did music composition for, other than Mario Kart, is Super Smash Brothers for Wii U in 2014, they did music arrangement. Totaka is pretty famous, and we've talked about him before. Right. He's the one that has his own little song that he puts in every game that he works on. Oh, that's right. The one that's like, dude, 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 dude. And the last one is Koji Kondo, but we literally just talked about them. Just talked about them. So let's move on. My last pick is from a game called Abzu. A-B-Z-U. And it came out on the PlayStation 4, Windows, Xbox One in 2016, and it came out on the Switch in 2018. This track is called To Know Water. And there's very important that there's a comma in between there. (laughs) And this track is by Austin Wintory.
Welcome back, XVGM Radio listeners. Dry your tears. That was Abzu on the PlayStation 4, the PC, or Windows as it's better known, Xbox One in 2016, and then it had a follow-up Switch release in 2018. That track is To Know Water, and that's by Austin Wintery. Yeah, that was a beautiful, beautiful track. Very sad. Very sad, and a lot, a lot shorter than I actually realized. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize how quick that, uh, how, mm-hmm. how quickly that would go by. Went by in a flash. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you haven't played this one? No, I have not. So this game is a lot of fun. Uh, if if you're into just like exploration and whatnot, that that's, that's what this game is all about. Okay. It, it's funny. So I, I do have this game. Uh, I have not beaten it. Uh, my wife has. And it is really beautiful, for one. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it is it, pretty. It's very reminiscent of some games by a company called That Game Company. If you're familiar with Flow and Flower and Journey. Mm. Um, I thought, actually, originally that this game was by them, and it is not. Oh, okay. This game is actually developed by Giant Squid Studios and published by 505 Games. Okay. Uh, and they, I feel like they really captured the essence of that, what, like what that game company has been doing with their stuff, because it, it is what it is. So it's an exploration game. You're not, as far as I've seen, you're not ever in any real danger. There's a lot of things that happen in this game that put you in sort of a tense situation that you, like you feel like there is danger. Mm. And, I mean, even things like Journey do that, and, and I'm pretty sure you, that you can actually in journey um there are there are ways that you can get killed but towards the end there's mm. some some actual enemies but in this game your your main thing that you are trying to avoid is a shark okay but you basically just sort of you start the game by by waking up uh in the middle of an ocean you're this person in, in a dive suit nothing around for miles and you just dive and start exploring and there's all these fish and you mm. you, you kind of gather information about the fish and the coral and all the other stuff around and you can communicate sort of like you, you can't talk to the fish you're not Aquaman or anything but <laughs> you have different abilities and there's like, these like chimes that you can uh, that, that you can use to like get the attention of like schools of fish and then uh, like lead them to certain areas and stuff mm. and it's just a breathtaking game it's it's visually beautiful and audibly gorgeous yeah yeah I really like this track mm. it's very flowy it's very relaxing very somber very sad it also kind of reminds me a little bit of like a movie soundtrack oh, song. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, for sure. But I don't really have much to say about the game because I haven't played it, but <laughs> I've seen some video of it and it looks really pretty. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I mean, again, this is another track that, that makes beautiful use of like those vocals. Yeah, yeah very really, haunting. Yes, very kind of haunting. Like It really gives a good underwater feel. It's kind of got that, that that minor key to it, and mm. just the way, like the etherealness of the both the the, the, the strings and the instruments and the, the voices. It just I don't know. To me, it really screams underwater. Don't drown. <laughs> so Austin Wintry started off in 2002 with a game called Ages of Etheria, and uh, that was just the theme. That's all he did. Later on in 2006, he worked on Flow, as you mentioned. So he did. He did do Flow. Hmm. Uh, he worked on the music for Journey. Oh, that's such a that's that is a gorgeous soundtrack as well. Yeah, and he worked on a game called Horn, a game called Monaco. What's yours is mine. Oh, I have that. He did Leisure Suit Larry Reloaded ah, in ah. 2013. And he did uh, the Banner Saga trilogy: Banner Saga One, Two, oh. and Three. He also did a game called Absolver, which is a pretty neat game as well. 
cool. It's a really good, uh, really good resume. Yeah, I mean, I keep going back to Journey because there, there's a lot of similarities here. I mean, Journey also has a really beautiful soundtrack. Mm. And the year that uh, my wife and I went to MAGFest, they actually had uh, Journey Live. So there was somebody playing the the, the game Journey, and the, the, there was no sound for the game. There was a live orchestra that was playing the music, and they actually transitioned like pieces as, uh, as things were going on. That's really that was, cool. Yeah, it was mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, you have the last pick of the day. So what do you got for us to close us out? on this watery journey. All right. So Speaking of journeys. Yeah, yeah, nice. So I'm going to close this out with something that may feel a bit unexpected. Uh, and if it is, then I've done my job. So <laughs> the game is Final Fantasy X. The year is 2003. The system is PlayStation 2. And the track is Blitz Off. This is the Blitzball theme. And it is a water theme because you play Blitzball in a sphere of water. Uh, the track is composed by Junya Nakano and Masashi Hamauzu.
Welcome back. That was our last track of this episode. That was Blitz Off from Final Fantasy X. Uh, it came out on the PS2 in 2003 and was composed by Junya Nakano, Masashi Hamauza, and I failed to mention earlier Nobuo Uematsu. He's on every Final Fantasy game, and this one is no different. Uh, he was sound producing and, uh, and and music production, so there's a couple of tracks specifically that are Nobuo tracks. Uh, ah. I believe this one actually is not one of his. Okay, but uh, he he was on the soundtrack. Right, right, right. I have memories of playing this one. Really. Yeah, I did. Um, so, are your memories mostly of uh, bad voice dubbing? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Titus. Oh, Titus. So I don't know. Yeah, I remember in the like mid two thousands, like maybe two thousand six, five around there. I was really into replaying Final Fantasy games. So I started mm-hmm. with 7. Mm-hmm. And me and a, a buddy of mine, Al, he and I tag-teamed it at his house, hmm. playing through it. And after we finished 7, because we had both separately beaten 7. We just right, right. wanted to play it together. I think we started playing 10. I don't think we played 8. eight. or 9. Yeah, we didn't play 8 or 9. We played 10. We jumped to that to that one because I would never played it. Hmm. So we started playing it, and I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought it was really fun. Oh, um, definitely. The characters were cool. I mean, aside from the fact that the voice acting was really awful. But to be fair, it was also the first Final Fantasy with voice acting. True. So, like, it's, it, the first of anything is going to be a little rough. Yeah. O- overall, I, I really, really liked a lot of the music. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the Hymn of the Faith. I, I'm, al- I'm also sort of a sucker in a lot of Final Fantasy games for the, for the side... Not the side quests, but mm-hmm. the side things. Like Final Fantasy VIII, you had Triple Triad. Uh, Final Fantasy IX, you had Tetra Master. In Final Fantasy X, we had Blitzball. I don't remember if I like mastered the whole Blitzball thing or not, but I do remember like I participated in the like the big Blitzball like super event thing where you had to okay. go against every every team, and it was a lot of fun. It was it was definitely different coming out of you know two games where the side like the side thing was a card game, right? And right. now it's a whole sport. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was an interesting concept to add into a Final Fantasy, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I just remember. Playing Blitzball and being very confused by it. <laughs> I, I will say that. It's underwater soccer, Paul. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, <laughs> logically, if you think about it without playing it, yeah, it yeah. makes sense. But when you actually start playing it, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, no, it, it was it, it, it was definitely a little confusing. Mm-hmm. I got up to the part of this game where we, I got stuck trying to get Titus' ultimate weapon. I think it's the one where you had to dodge lightning. Yeah, and the lightning planes... Yeah, that that one's only hard because I often like got psyched out. I, I believe I did get it. Wow, it was, really? It was. You have to dodge lightning three hundred times. It's three hundred. Okay, I, I think I it's three hundred. I, I couldn't remember what the number was. Yeah, you have to, and, and I think it's three hundred times without like without screwing it up. That is just no. That that game gets all of my no for that. It definitely took a long, long time because yeah. like, I had to basically like adapt to all of the signs that 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 tell you that lightning's about to strike, and mm. then just like and not hit the button too early, and yeah, it was it was definitely frustrating. Oof! <laughs> but the rest of the game was all was also really interesting. Like I liked the characters. Um, I like I I really enjoyed the cast of characters. Like I I, I enjoyed Titus for the most part. Uh, I I liked Yuna. I really really liked Riku, Lulu. 
Lulu. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I like Lulu. Lulu. Of course you did. <laughs> uh, who doesn't love a skirt made of belts? <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> she was really cool. And then Waka, I, I believe I found Waka to be a little annoying. But, really? Yeah. I actually think I liked Waka. Waka was the one who was married to Lulu, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. He was, he, was, he was the other, like, professional blitzball player. Yeah, he was pretty his, cool. His weapon was a blitzball. <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he was pretty cool. I, I can't remember. I, I may just be remembering things wrong, or I may be remembering um, his character from Kingdom Hearts. Okay. But I, I just... May, maybe I'm mixing him up with somebody else. Yeah. But, uh, so, somebody in that game was a little bit annoying. Probably uh, Titus. <laughs> I mean, Titus, Titus was annoying for for different reasons. I mean, he had he had the the father complex and yeah. um, and just a really like his voice acting wasn't so great. Uh, his, God, his Dad, get off me! Yeah, God, you're like the worst, Dad. <laughs> I mean, literally, his dad is the worst. His dad is sin. I know, I know. Spoilers, I know. by the Spoilers. way. Spoilers. <laughs> what is up with Final Fantasy games and all the lead characters are just like. God, mom, leave me alone. You know, emo teenage boys. Yeah, I, I wonder if they had a target demographic. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Although in nine, I don't. Uh, no, Zidane was a little emo at times. Although not not nearly as as much as Squall or even Cloud. I mean, yeah, Cl- Cloud Cloud wasn't super emo. There's a there's a period in the game where he's really super emo. emo. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like I don't even know what I'm really am. Yeah, God, mom, you're like the worst. So these composers. Yeah, there's a few of them. All right, so Junya Nakano started off as a guest composer on X-Men in 1992, uh, and that was the... Arcade game? Mm, yes, arcade, PS3, Xbox 360, yes. Yeah, that they did a couple of the front mission games, Gun Hazard and Alternative in 96 and 97, respectively. Samurai Legend Musashi in 1995. I, I remember that being a lot of fun. Hmm. They did Arrangement on Final Fantasy IV, the re-release that came out in the, the DS uh, in 2007. Uh, and as well, music composition uh, on Final Fantasy IV, The After Years, which came out in 2009. Uh, and then we have Masashi Hamauzu, who started out with Junya in 1996 on Tobol Number 1. Also did one of the Front Mission games, Saga Frontier 2 in 1999. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Unlimited Saga 2002. Did some original music composition that was used in Theatrhythm, Final Fantasy, and Curtain Call. And then we have some compositions in Final Fantasy Explorers. And we'll end with World of Final Fantasy and Maxima in 2016 and 2018. They did in, music on. <clears throat> Nobu Uematsu we don't need to talk about because we've yeah. talked about it millions of times. Yeah, literally so. needs no introduction. Yes. <laughs> yes. This song, though, which we haven't talked about yet, you know, if this is like a wet techno song, that that's the okay. only way I can describe okay. it. Okay. It's, it's a very wet sounding song mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like if there was a techno song that was made with wet with water <laughs> with water yeah. yeah I was thinking Wetrix initially but mm-hmm. but no like Wetrix is like a, just a straight up techno song made with standard techno sounds and instruments and yep, yep. keyboards and etc cetera, etc cetera. but this I don't know what I, just that's all I got is it sounds like it was made with water that's fair. I can get behind that, and I, I and I think that's probably what they were going for. A lot of drippy drippiness. Yeah, yeah. Techno drippiness. Yep. Gross. 
the entire reason that I, that I picked this song is that, that I thought it would be funny. Uh, I mean, it, it really, it does feel and sound like a water theme, which which is really good. But, mm. you know, I was going through and I was like, oh, I want, to, I want to pick a Final Fantasy song. And then I just, it hit me. I was like, oh, Final Fantasy X has that whole sport that's played underwater. Right, so, right. Like, I thought that would be funny. All right. So favorite song of the episode. Pick your, pick <sighs> your, pick your track. So uh, I'm actually going to go with your Abzu track, To No Water. Really? Yeah. Uh, it was... Like, I, I forgot like how, how like re- rich that music is from that mm. game. And that really, really resonated with me. And then very, very close, second and third. I, th- I think they're both tied for second. I'm going to say Dive Man and Waterworld. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> ah, man, this is tough. I'm going to go Waterworld. Okay. I love that track. Was, that's a really good track. Such a good song, and the instrumentation on it is incredible. Runner-up would be Donkey Kong Country 2, Dizzy's Conquest. Fair, fair. Yeah. So you have you have won my choice of Waterworld. <laughs> and for a third track, if I was going to pick one, I'm going to go Earthworm Jim. I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I was looking at that. I was like, he's going to go Earthworm Jim. Yeah. Good picks. Good picks. Yeah, definitely. What about you, dear listeners? What did you like out of this episode? You know, let us know in the comments on Facebook. What was your favorite? You know, what what did you like? And you know, is there anything? Is there anything we played that was way way off? Is there anything that we said that uh, that just rubbed you the wrong way? Oh, I I can tell them one thing <laughs> that definitely rubbed them the wrong way. Oh, don't worry, they'll tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anything that rubbed you the right way? Uh, maybe don't tell us because that sounds really bad. Something <laughs> involving Lulu and a diaper full of all right, iced tea. All right. <laughs> That's three. You get three. Yes. <laughs> it really had a lot of fun with this one, all, all of the water themes. And I think when we were talking in, in our pa- Patreon uh, live show recently, we, mm. we mentioned sort of the same story of how yes. this came about. Right. And I think we do need to do uh, like a follow-up to this. Cause yeah. Because there's, there's so many really good like water-related themes or Absolutely. water games and stuff like that. We're definitely so. not done with this one. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, quick announcement. We are going to be at Too Many Games on June 21st through June 23rd of 2019. So if you are going to that, let us know in either our Discord or Facebook or Twitter or shoot us an email. And we'd like to get a little meetup going. Maybe uh, go hang out at Taco Bell. We've got some stickers to give away as free gifts to anyone that spots us. We'll be the two idiots in the XVGM radio shirts. So definitely stop us one of those days, uh, or if you just recognize our goofy faces, just yeah. stop us and say hello. And if you would also like to be an idiot in a XVGM Radio t-shirt, you can buy an XVGM Radio t-shirt or sweatshirt or hoodie. Or mug. Or mug. Yep. Uh, and, and other merch by going to our store. So you can get to our store via a couple different ways. So if you go to our website, xvjamradio.com, it is the currently one of the only things on our homepage. The The website is still a little bit in progress. and We completely redesigned the, well, you redesigned the entire website. So. Yeah, we, we, we moved away from Wix and and back to WordPress for uh, for a number of reasons. But if you go to our website, it's uh, it's right, right under home. It's a shop for XVGM Radio merch. We have a Spreadshirt store. And you can also get hats and other stuff. So feel free to, uh, to, to check it out. And uh, you know, if we see T-shirts. you, if we, if we see you at too many games and you are wearing a shirt, you don't even need to talk to us. We're going to give you a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's if, true. You, if you're not wearing a shirt and you talk to us, we'll give you a sticker. Yeah, you get a sticker either way. Yeah, yeah. It's win-win for you. <laughs> 
So, we'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon patrons, without whom this show's continued improvement would be impossible. They are Alex Messenger, Scott McElhone, Cam Worma, Chris Murray, Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast, Jordan and Anson Davis, Chris Myers, Peter Panda, The Autistic Gamer 89, and John Mixmaster Jekyll. If you would like to become a patron, you can sign up at patreon.com slash xvgmradio. There you can see the different tiers as well. Just $1 gets you a thank you and access to our monthly live shows. You can visit our website, xvgmradio.com, where you can listen to all the episodes and learn more about your hosts, as well as any of our guests or composers that we've had on the show. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can always email us at xvgmradio at gmail.com. And if you'd like what you've heard, please consider giving us a rating on iTunes and a review. You can also join our Facebook group and chat with other VGM lovers at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash xvgmradio, where we talk about everything from current game news to sharing awesome VGM tracks or just talking about the podcast itself. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle for both of those sites is at XVGMRadio. If you don't have any other social media or just want to try something unique, check us out on our Discord group chat. Links will be in the show notes. So next episode, episode 28, what do we got coming up? So coming up next, we have a very interesting deep dive. We're going to be taking a look at Namco and the Namco 163 chip for the Famicom. Yes. Yeah, this is going to be a very in-depth technical episode. We'll be diving deep, very similar to the way that we did on the Mr. Gimmick episode and the FME or the FM7 chip. We're going to be talking about all that stuff. It's going to be so, good times. Yeah, lots of wacky Namco games with <laughs> soundtracks, which uh, some songs sound exactly like NES stuff, and other stuff, other songs sound like other systems, like TurboGrafx. Yes, yeah. So, should be interesting. Once again, this is Mike. And Justin. Signing off for XVGM Radio. And just, you know, from the mid-2000s, he then moved on to working on, like, too many games. No, sorry. I was going to say, he whoops. He worked on that convention? Yeah, no. <laughs> there was also a Windows 90... Yeah, there was also a Windows 99... No. There was also... <laughs> a Windows version in 1999? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. All right. <laughs> a really high-pitched... Like Space Coast. Yeah, yeah like Space Coast, coast to coast. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Space Ghost. Dun, 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 you need dun, to flip dun, dun, that dun, card, dun. Space Ghost. <laughs> Use your attack. Hey, uh, are you going to do anything with that? Because I'm going to drink it. <laughs> Multar. Yep. <laughs> I assume you're doing Zorak, so. Did you say cards? I think you want chips. Hey, did you say chip? <laughs> I can't, I can't brack. do back. I cannot do back. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Anyway, moving, moving beyond. On.